It was the, the football equivalent of like pulling teeth, small talk conversation yes. at a dinner party. Yep. Yeah, I would yep. rather have my fingernails ripped off one by one than go through the second and third quarter of that game again. Ugh. Like the fact that I don't have to go through film is the greatest blessing of my life because I don't yeah. think I could watch that again. I really don't think I could. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds like versus Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yeah. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Dude, is gone. No. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. That is- the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 137 of Birds vs. Boys. Cowboys win. Eagles win. Giants lose. Commanders win. Okay, well, we are here. We're going to recap a little bit of week 11. We have an interview coming up, and then we're going to look forward to the Cowboys and the Giants and the Eagles and the Packers. But before we get into all of that, Aiden, how are you? Cannot complain. Pretty good week for the podcast, I'd say. Mm-hmm. This worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a question about the Eagles, uh, Colts, real quick, and see if your answer is the same as me. When did you 100% know the Eagles were going to win that game? Uh, the entire time. Okay. I will I will say this. I was hungover, and in the first half, I was hungover, and then I was like, you know what? I need to snap out of this, and once I do, they will. Mm-hmm. And okay. then, like... I started to come back to life and they started to come back to life. It when they started the second half with a strip sack on the first play, I was like, okay, this is not what I expected, but I had a good feeling the entire second half that they would come back and just win that game. And it's just, uh, I listened to a podcast called solid verbal, which is about college football. And they talk all the time about, uh, winning your clunkers, which Mm -hmm. is like every year, Perfect example was like this weekend, like Georgia played Kentucky and they won 16 to six and it's wasn't impressive, but they won Yep. like USC. Like they struggled with Cal, but they won. Mm -hmm. So they still have a chance. Like same with the Eagles. Like they won a game that they should have won. And that's kind of all that. And I feel like that's, that's even more. I mean, in college, you still need somewhat of style points in the NFL. Just win the damn game and nothing else. Just win the damn. Yeah, exactly. Just win the game. That, that is all that matters. Now the Cowboys, won it with style points so yes they did but we'll, real quick i will say when i knew colts hit the long pass in the fourth quarter it was like a 35 40 yard pass get it down to the yep. three yard line when they did not score a touchdown and they kicked the mm-hmm. field goal there i turned to my wife i said this game is over eagles just won the game yep it was like just get the ball back to Jalen, yep and done. it'll be fine and hassan reddick shout out to him for the sack at the five yard line and you're right like that moment was like that was that was your chance. Like we were on the ropes, and you did not deliver a knockout yep. punch. Score a touchdown there, the game's over. Good yeah, teams find a way to literally. score a touchdown. Bad teams do that. Exactly. Yep. It was. Uh, I totally agree with you. I felt confident the whole time, but when that happened, I was like, you know what? This this game is over. Also, when they got the ball back, it was like the opposite feeling of watching the Chiefs. Like when Mahomes mm-hmm. got the ball back with one forty-eight and two timeouts, I was like, this must suck to be a Chargers fan and just like not mm-hmm. even be able to celebrate. Like you know, it's about to happen. I felt the opposite oh, you, feeling when Matt Ryan and the Colts got the ball back. I was like, this game's over. Like, here comes a sack. And sure enough, Brandon Graham, sack. 
So well, you, I mean, exactly. you are pretty much a Chargers fan too. So it is. I can't do this. You know what? No, they don't. They do not deserve my time of day. Technical notes for tonight's show. Alexa Ross back on with us. She helped us with the preview She's on phenomenal. Friday because she works there. She was at the game in Indy covering for the Colts for the Indianapolis television stations out there. But she is born and raised in Philadelphia as a Philly 4 for 4 Eagles fan. So you kind of get the tale of both tapes, which we're going to get into post-game recap about that. Um, and then just kind of looking ahead in the whole NFC East landscape with her. So that should be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll look ahead later in the show after the interview. Uh, Eagles-Packers and kind of going over that a little bit. If you missed it, I did a recap show of Colts-Eagles already. Just the full thoughts are there on the YouTube, which you should subscribe and follow to. And, of 100%. course, at the end, we will do our famous TikTok power rankings. And, Kevin, I cannot wait to do it because there's a certain somebody who won't be there. So let's get into it. The Cowboys <laughs> beat the Vikings, and they do so in impressive fashion. Let's get into it. What a game, Aiden. What I I can't remember a more impressive – I mean, the Atlanta game yeah. last year, they beat them down handily. But I honestly, from literally all three phases of a game, special teams – I mean, Maher had a 120-yard yeah. kick basically before the, before the, the half. And – Offense, Dak looked great. The Zeke and Pollard combo. And then the defense, I mean, just was smothering. So I do not remember lately a more dominant performance across the board from the Dallas Cowboys. Totally agree. And you're right with the all three phases. Like the game started with a strip sack by Micah on Kirk Cousins. In the middle, it was a 60-yard field goal. And throughout, they just ran the ball down their throats it was all three phases beating the vikings and speaking of beating the vikings what we were alluding to with the power rankings every week kevin and i have been hesitant to put them in the top five and we've Mm -hmm. said i we're not believers in this team we're not believers in Kirk cousins and every week when we didn't have them in the power rankings people said where are they they should be a top five team last week we finally put them in and people said they're not high enough they should be higher you can't judge three don't know anything about football that literally was a comment. You three don't know anything about football based on where we put the Vikings. The Vikings have now played the top two teams in the NFC that you could, I, I feel like that's not arguable really at yep. this point. Mm-hmm. It's it's probably non Vikings teams. The two best teams in the NFC are the Eagles and the Cowboys. I would say so. Yes. They were, the Vikings were handily beaten by both. 64 they were to 10 between the 64 to 10 they were down 24 to nothing at halftime against the eagles and down 23 to 3 against the cowboys that isn't just losing no they were uncompetitive and they were they've been they were the most fraudulent eight and one team i think i also can ever remember i mean they were recovering fumbles their defense at a clip of 68 percent that is not sustainable they had a point five percent chance to win that bills game all josh allen has to do is not fumble at the one yard line they were winning games i think the last six or seven wins were all one possession games that's not sustainable right and we also said that 
you know, that they put everything into that Bills game, right? And it was a hell of a game, probably the game of the year. I will give them props for going to Buffalo yeah. and winning that game. And we said they probably would come out a little flat against the Cowboys. But to lose 40-3 to at home on national TV and have your game literally taken off national TV because to quote-unquote move to a more competitive contest has to be one of the most embarrassing things to have happened to you to be an NFL franchise. A hundred percent. And you're right. Like that was a big win last week. That's why we put them into the power rankings, beating the bills the way that they did. That is an impressive win. And I, I would have said like, if they ran out of gas down the stretch, I'd be mm-hmm. like, you know what? That that's hard for eight yep. quarters straight. They've been uncompetitive in the two biggest NFC games on their schedule. There's just yep. like no other way around it. Now, if, if the sun is not out and the game is featured on one of the television networks, Kirk cousins, shrivels up into a ball like an armadillo literally i mean his offensive line was absolutely horrendous and the defensive line was balling out because i mean you and i kind of saw this coming right the cowboys lose that Mm -hmm. game in green bay the way they lost it the way micah parsons was talking this week the way jaron curse was talking this week we found out that the defense apparently mike mccarthy says they do this every week but i i think it was a little more intense this week how they came together as a quote-unquote players-only defensive meeting, calling out each other, like guys literally calling them, themselves out in the run. Burn game. the boats move. It, 100%. Now, I will say, Dalvin Cook was running the ball at like six yards a clip. They just had to get away from running the ball because the offense went up so big. So that definitely coded over some of the run defensive issues. So we'll see you know, what happens when they face – Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor down the line. But, I mean, the pass rush was just smothering. Trayvon Diggs again on Justin Jefferson. I'm going to say this. Trayvon Diggs is miles better as a cornerback than he was last year, even though his interception numbers are not there. He is playing coverage head and shoulders above I've ever seen him do before this year. Jamar Chase, Terry McLaurin. Justin Jefferson, he is just, and yes, okay, Twitter people out there. The pass rush. Yes, the pass rush was a huge part of why Justin Jefferson didn't get the ball all the time. But at the same time, he still has to be covered when the ball does come to him. Boy, I was to say, that's kind of a good problem now. Oh, no, our pass rush is too good. That's why he's not being targeted. Like, okay, Okay. that's not really going to bother me too much if that's the knock that you have. It's like the whole, it it was like when they were saying the Eagles didn't play anyone. I'm like, okay, like. We're cool. smoking these teams. I don't yeah. care. We still won. Um, yeah, won. I will say I did I did put out a uh, just going to put it out there tweet. Kind of tried to do my reverse psychology jinx that you always accuse me of doing after the accuse Cowboys you. got the strip sack. <laughs> From overwhelming evidence. <laughs> that you do that. The glove didn't fit. You must have quit. <laughs> um, after Mike got the strip sack and then the Cowboys go down and they fail to score a touchdown and they only kick a field goal. I think I tweeted uh, not scoring seven here is going to cost them the game. <laughs> and you added mark my words. I meant to make yeah. fun of you for that. <laughs> so, so this is me uh, making fun of you for that. Mark your words. So we're going to lose. Cowboys fans just, <laughs> I did that. Okay. You, the reason they put up 40 was because of that tweet. So you're welcome. Um <laughs> I do want to talk about the sequence of events before halftime Um, to get the ball back and they moved it 40 yards in 31 seconds. I loved that a, that they 
they did that, right? The first play, they were positive, and then they went for it. Because a lot of the times, this team will just, you know, especially they were up 20 to three, kneel on it, go to the locker room. You're getting the ball at the second half. No, they wanted to build Belichick it, and they did. And that catch by CD, was it a catch? Maybe not. I don't know. But it was uh, called a catch. But for the referees and the the review people to call that so late on a 60 yard field goal attempt is so Bush league. Like the second field goal was better than the first from Maher. So, I mean, ice water through his veins, big old balls, but in a situation like that, if you do that to a kicker on a 60 yard goddamn field goal, and then you call it that the catch was good, just say, okay, the field goal counts. Yep. That's our common <laughs> sense thing that we're talking about. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, I was watching a clip on TikTok. It was the anniversary of the Cleveland Browns bottle game mm-hmm. where they ran a play and went back and reviewed the play before that and said, oh, actually it was incomplete and screwed the Browns over and they were throwing bottles at the refs and everything and they, it delayed yep. the game and everything. Uh, not the bottle situation, like throwing the bottles, but similar to that where it was like they ran a play and then you wanted to go back and replay it. It was dangerously close to that situation. I was, yeah, I was, I was not happy, but... All is well. All is forgotten when your kicker just nails another six. He know he has. Yeah, he has the most field goals made of sixty plus yards in NFL history of any kicker, which is wild. Because like if you're if you're doing kicker trivia, you would have said Justin Tucker a hundred times mm-hmm. out of one hundred. Brett Maher, baby. Yep. Brett Maher. Um, how about him and uh, Tyler Bass? Like, how many field goals did those two guys hit? They were carrying yeah. fantasy teams, which is literally your kicker. I think uh, Maher had 29 points, second most yeah. points for a kicker in fantasy history for a history. week. Bass had 23 fantasy points. Ugh. It's insane if you're a fantasy person. Like, you're happy if your kicker gets you nine. Oh. Um, another thing, Aiden, I, I think the future is now. And I think possibly, you know, I know Kellen Moore definitely listens and – Mike McCarthy, I, I'm pretty sure listens, and and Stephen and Jerry Jones, maybe now they're finally listening. Zeke was back. Pollard was there. Thirty nine snaps for Tony Pollard, twenty one for Zeke. Yep. It yeah. are we here? Did yeah. it? Ha- is that happening? <laughs> that is almost a perfect 40-22 to one split. That is exactly how it should go. Sixty six thirty three. I think we settled. We said last week. On the show previewing this, we said 60-40, right? Mm-hmm. We wanted 60-40 Pollard to Zeke. All right, we got 66-33. I'm okay with Blah. that. Chef's kiss. Perfect. That's that like that is what it should be. Like they finally it took it took way too long for them to figure this out, but they finally got there. I and mean, it was effective. At the beginning of the game, when they gave Zeke the ball three straight times and he got like one yard, two yards a clip. I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh no, this is this is what we're gonna do today. And I don't, you know. I don't I don't think Tony Pollard would be able to get through those holes without those tough running yards and Zeke really wearing down the defense there with those one to two yard runs. But I will give it to him. He punched it in the, at the goal line. Pollard couldn't get in twice and Zeke yeah. rumbled his way in. So but that's what these I can we be I, I want to be done now with the Zeke versus Pollard, Pollard versus Zeke. If you have both, use both the correct way. And yesterday I, they used both the correct way, and I'm happy. I feel Why like does it have finally... to be either or? Use them both the yeah. right way. I think that, yeah, I think they finally figured out like in uh, the movie where um, Matt Damon writes the formula on the uh, Goodwill hunting. 
Yes. They finally cracked the formula that Matt Damon wrote on the board. It, it took way too long, but they yeah. figured it out. They made it more difficult than that formula when it really shouldn't have been, but they Literally. they finally got it. Um, Callum, Callum so, Moore's like, so we have this really fast guy, and he's a lot bigger than people think. He's not a scat. He's not Boston Scott. He's actually big, and he's fast. Nah, nah. We'll just give him twelve yards, twelve touches a game. What? We're, uh, the Eagles are like the anti of this, where we gave the ball to Boston Scott three straight times, and like with the game on the line. It's like, what? What did we do at all in that game? There, you could make like a David Letterman top ten WTF moments yep. of the Eagles game plan yesterday, but we'll get to them later. Mm-hmm. Let's now build on that momentum. You win yep. forty to three, absolute shellacking of the Vikings. Turn around, play Thursday, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys have hilariously ruined your Thanksgiving for multiple years in a row. I yes. find it very funny. You probably find it less funny than I do. How do they carry the momentum from Sunday against the Giants team that is good? Question mark. So you're going to laugh even more about how this Thanksgiving Day game is going to go. So I am driving an hour and 10 minutes away to family's house they're all giants fans getting there at 2 30 they eat Who? dinner on thanksgiving huh do i know these people no my step oh. family my stepdad's oh. kids and so they're all older so i'm driving there north jersey getting there around 2 30 game starts at 4 25 we're not staying for dinner because of bedtime we have to be home <laughs> so she has to cat nap in the car so we have to leave at 4.15. So I'm going to be right. driving home during this game with one AirPod in, and I'm not going to be able to yell or react because I have a sleeping child in the back of the car. I think every time you tell a story about kids and the hoops that you have to jump through to accommodate them, it like adds a year to me and Eddie not having kids. Yep. Like every time you tell us something, he and I are like, okay, the goal was like maybe we'll have kids by 30. Then you say something that's like 31. Then you have to drive with one AirPod in and not watch the game. It's all right, it's 32. Like, yep. and then you'll be up at like five in the morning. It's like, all right, it's 33. Like it gets further down. Every time we talk about this, it gets further away. Meanwhile, you're gonna be on your deathbed. You're like, it's next year. It's yeah, next well, year. I was gonna say that, that kind of correlates. Like, you mean when I'm 29? <laughs> oh God. So yeah. So that's gonna be my Thanksgiving and my watching and listening to the game. So yes. Yes to all of the above. Are they good? I don't know. Maybe. Yes. But now the Giants are very, very hurt, right? Adoree Jackson out four to six weeks. He's not playing in this game. Uh, uh, Ron Robinson, the rookie wide receiver, tore his ACL, done for the year. Uh, Their backup right tackle who's been playing, now I think he's out. They have – who's the the safety – the safety's been out from Alabama, McKinnon. Um, Yep. He's out with a broken hand. So they have a lot of issues. So this is a game that the Cowboys should win. They have one big issue. Who their quarterback is. Daniel Jones. Yeah. Um, But how many injuries did the Packers have when they played? But, again, they had Aaron Rodgers, and it's the Packers. It's the boogeyman. It's the Cowboys' antichrist, basically. The Giants. Pretty much the opposite of that for the Cowboys recently. (laughs) So my expectations are the Cowboys need to go in and handle their business 
win this game handily, get another division win, which is going to be critically important to them, sweeping the Giants again. Um, but it's, I feel like in these games on short weeks, it's almost like anything can happen. And that's, we saw it last year when they were playing a bad Raiders team, right? And Darren Waller went out of the game in the first quarter and never came back. And the Cowboys just did not take advantage of it. And who smoked them in that game? You remember who smoked them in that game? Deshaun Jackson. Didn't Deshaun yes. Jackson? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He did. <laughs> Yes, he did. So Not that's unreal. what happens on Thanksgiving. So they're wearing these brand new, fresh throwbacks, but white with the white helmets. They look great. I mean, everything is telling me that this team is going to be locked in from what I'm hearing, what they're saying. But then at the same time, they apparently have the flu going through the locker room now. A bunch of guys missed practice today or walk through today. Micah Parsons did not practice today with his knee. They're saying he's good to go. But again, why was he in the game? Thank you. That was insane. Like, what are we doing? In the third, at the fourth quarter. Why would you? Why was anybody? Why was he even on the sideline? I would have put him up in a box. Yes. 37 to three in the fourth quarter. Go take a shower. Yeah. Go have a drink. Have a post game meal. I just, it's, and I get it. It was probably him. Remember the whole thing? With him uh, in the Hall of Fame game when he was a rookie and he wanted to get in and people were trashing him. That's who he is, right? And he had unfinished business. He was so angry the way the defense played and the way he played against Green Bay. He wanted every single snap in that game. But, like, they've been so cautious with him. Like, he's not in every single drive. He's not in every Mm -hmm. single play. But you're up 37-3 in the fourth quarter and then he's in? That doesn't make sense. I just so I was terrified when he went to the blue tent. I couldn't watch the game, you know, because it got pulled off TV. So I'm I'm tweeting at our guy Kyle Yeomans, and he finally tweeted me back and was like, "Oh, it's fine. He's actually back in the game." So after he got hurt and went to the blue tent, tent when he shouldn't have already been in the game, he then went back in the game. I they were saying on part of my take today that I think Mike McCarthy just like realizes it's a losing battle and he's just like conceded. Yeah. That the he can't like tell Michael like no, so he's just like that. Fine, like he just waved the white flag and just lets him say like whatever. I'm running Rudy yeah. at the end when he's just like play him, play him. <laughs> uh, so, so that that is not you know not top of happiness for me. But the if they are what you just said they were earlier in the show, the second best team in the NFC, you go out on Thanksgiving, at home, and you wallop an injured Giants team. That's just what you do if you're a good team. Yep. So that means they're going to win, you know, 21-20. Or lose. Or lose. I mean, we we Um, set it up. We set it up, right? They're going to win this Vikings game, and then they're going to lose on Thanksgiving at home. It it felt like loss-win-loss, to be honest. It it always felt like that. So we're we're at stage three. I don't I don't know. Like I don't have a lot of faith in the in the Giants either, but I don't know. Um let's talk about the elephant that could be in the room given these two opponents and why it's even more important to win and why it's even more important to wallop them, as you said. You know how like when you have a, a big game and you know it's gonna be a big crowd. And you know you have a chance to win and impress in college, so you bring all the recruits to come see it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, this is the NFL version of that with Odell. The Odell Bowl. The Odell Bowl. Yep. So, first of all, if you're the Giants, you should be pleading with him, given your wide receiver situation. Yes, you do everything you can to get him. Correct. At the same time, here we are. It's, I mean, Ian Rappaport an hour ago said that he thinks this is going to be the fit in Dallas. He's apparently Odell going to visit the Giants and the Cowboys both after Thanksgiving. If the medicals were, you know, check the box, the physical, you know, he could see a a deal getting done before he leaves Dallas. Literally, he tweeted, they went crazy with a K talking about the Cowboys after the game. And literally everyone on the Cowboys, like Micah, quote tweeted and be like, all right, let's go then. And DeMarcus, I love DeMarcus Lawrence. He just quote tweeted and just said, make the right decision. Like, I feel like <laughs> yeah, that's, that's such true. a DeMarcus Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying it feels like a real DeMarcus Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> and then J Ron curse doesn't even like quote tweet or anything. He was like, he, I don't know if you saw this one. He literally just tweeted, mm-hmm. just wait till we sign Odell and talk about scary. Like they are full, full, full core press. Two things. I, one that, this already annoys me. Like every 48 hours, it's like, this feels like a good fit. They like the full core press is on. Oh, Odell's interested. I'm already annoyed with both of you. You guys are the yes. perfect fit. You're the two yes. toxic people who are just like, just be together. Like, yep. I'm so tired of watching you guys flirt. You're both yep. horrible people. Just yep. do it. Just be together. A little bit. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just die. Yeah. In. It's like just you, you kissed game. outside the bar one time and now yep. you can't decide if you want to fully plunge into a relationship. It's like, just. Stop being so toxic and do it because you're annoying the rest of us. I, you know, I oh. think, I don't know. I guess the bills are probably out of it. If, if he does have a chance to go play with Patrick Mahomes though, in Kansas city, that's my second point. I, I forgot mean, my second point. And then I remembered it was the chiefs thing. <laughs> you, you go to the quarterback, right? Yeah. So like if it's Daniel Jones, Dak and Mahomes, I mean, you pick Kansas city, right? I know it's you don't so want to play annoying. in the cold, but like, it's like, ah. Uh, it sucks, man. It sucks. It sucks how good he is because it's just like you don't even I talked about it with the Chargers. Like they scored a touchdown and a huge moment at home with less than two minutes left, and they didn't even get to enjoy it because they knew what Patrick Mahomes was about to do. And in that time, what I was gonna bring up, Odell tweeted 15 and 87, go crazy. Yes, which is or something like that, Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And it's like, yeah, if you're the Chiefs, like uh, this is an arms race between you and Buffalo uh, yep. or Miami. Which I yep. still want the Dolphins to get Odell because I think they'd be the like craziest track meet team of all time. Mm-hmm. It'd be awesome mm-hmm. to watch. But yeah, go play with Mahomes. He is. It, it's not even. It's. I guess it's close between like Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, but it's not. It's really no. not. Like it's just no. like this is like watching Miami Lebron. It's yep. just not close. This is crazy, and it's just like as long as he's healthy. They should be in the Super Bowl every year. And I was thinking it last night. Like, it is a minor miracle that we don't talk about. The fact that the Bengals won that AFC championship in Kansas City last year, yep. considering, like, what Mahomes is. Yep. And it's not fair. It's it is not, not fair. It's not. And that reminds me of something that just went off in my head, that we're going to be getting into our draft prep sooner rather than later, probably. Yes. But watching Caleb Williams the other night, for USC Thank against UCLA, he is game. going to be better than Bryce Young and CJ Stroud combined when he comes if out. Somebody, there is going to be some GM who takes Will Levis 
yes. instead of Caleb Williams, and that'll be the thing like forever. It'll but be he's like not coming out homes. this year, right? Who Caleb Williams? Yeah, he's got one more year. I don't does think he not? he's allowed. Yeah, I think he has he one was, more year. He, he was, was a at true freshman. Yes, he was 17 at Oklahoma. Yes, so he has another full year at USC. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's. I love him. I love that kid. Yeah, I'm glad you're with me on that. Every single game, the year after this, wish we had the same pick next year. (laughs) Maybe they could trade us another good player that they have, like CJ Gardner Johnson, and suck even more next. I'm telling you, I put out that tweet from Birds vs. Boys when my when Michael Scott's like, "I'll give you my best man. I'll give you a Toby." <laughs> and then, and then he's like, "I'm just kidding." Toby stinks. But then the Saints are like, "Yeah, we'll take it." Like, that's what <laughs> yeah. Allie Roseman does to the Saints. Oh, they won. Yes, that sucked. They won yesterday. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm good for the, the Rams because you know that. Yeah, the Rams. Uh, Rams lose, which you know, but good for them though because they'll probably get a high pick, right? <laughs> what did he no. say? Fuck them picks. Yikes. Oh, that is God. a definition of going all in because yeah, they got their Super Bowl and they aren't gonna sniff another one for a long time. No, no, not at all. <laughs> it's bad. <sighs> so I'm not predicting this game, but I, I'm I'm cautiously I optimistic, you. I guess I could say. This With is the cautiously <laughs> hopeful podcast. Cautiously hopeful podcast. So I don't you know, just go win the game, like you said before. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I want you to stomp them. I want you to just win the game, please. <laughs> There's like three to four games on every schedule where you're like, just go win. Yeah. Just win. Yep. Especially like with Adoree. Adoree Jackson is head and shoulders their best cornerback. Like, CD, go do your thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Gallup, go do your thing. Tony Pollard, go do your thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I uh, Especially just uh, the talent. Like I just don't believe in the Giants, but at the same time, it's just, it just like gives me pause. Where it's like they came out flat against the Lions, and I think just Brian Dable. Like we respect him so much as a coach that it just doesn't feel like he's going to produce two just flat performances. That's what it's, scares me. I just don't uh, exactly like. And I'm not saying that will lead to a win, but yep. I just They're gonna don't play hard. See it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I don't know. It, but that's what gives me pause. Go get the win, right? Go and, get Odell. And this is, go get the win. Go get Odell. You have your quote-unquote mini-buy, because then you play the Colts on Sunday Night Football on the 4th. So then you have the run of home against the Colts, home against the Texans at the Jaguars, before you have that home game on Christmas Eve against the Eagles. You have to win all four of these games to make that Eagles Cowboys game possibly for the lead in the division, depending on what happens. Yeah, I, there is a there is a very realistic scenario where the Christmas Eve game is for the division. Yes, because Which, the Cowboys end of the, the last three games of the season, right? Home against the Eagles at the Titans at the Commanders. Like that's not a fun way to end your season. No, and I think ours is. I think we play the Saints afterwards, so that's a double whammy. Yeah, gotta that's... gotta gotta win that one to it'll only help you both ways. Yeah, you have at the Cowboys home against the Saints, home against the Giants. Yep. So that oh man, 
please don't. Oh my god, I'm already nervous for Christmas. <laughs> and it's, yeah, that's gonna be. I think I think I could do a whole hour long show on just like the the anxiety level I have for that Christmas Eve game, but I will not. And that is because let's get into our interview with Alexa Ross. She is a sports anchor in Indianapolis for Fox 59 and CBS 4 Indy, covering the Colts, but born and raised Philadelphia and an Eagles fan. So kind of the got a little uh, conflict here this weekend, but she was live at the game on the actual field. So we'll get her report, what it was like, what the Eagles energy is, and just kind of look forward in the NFC East as Kevin and I were just doing with that uh, preview of Christmas Eve. So without further ado, Alexa Ross, presented by Stateside Vodka and Delco Stakes. All right, Aiden, time to be joined by Alexa Ross once again. She helped preview the Eagles-Colts for us on Friday, and now she's back to talk about how the weekend was in Indianapolis. If you didn't watch or listen to that interview, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, <laughs> Alexa is a 4 for 4 from Philly, Temple made, now covering the Colts in Indy on CBS as well as fox aiden she was just on cbs3 in philadelphia this week as well so alexa welcome back thank How you so much for having weekend? me and happy to talk about this absolute disaster that was sunday <laughs> wasn't it like a beautiful disaster for you though i mean like i it really could not have gone poorly for me honestly like the day was i mean it was just a great day it was a great day to be me but it was not a great day to be literally anybody else no there were moments where i was like how can both teams have fun if no one's having fun? Like, I'm not having fun. You're not having fun. No one is having fun. And I know I said, too, that, like, we were going to have a situation where it's going to be, like, the Eagles win by, like, 40 or lose by 7. Mm -hmm. Nowhere in that range of numbers was winning by 1. Well, like, no. yeah. where I, did I that come from? I just, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Yeah, it so was it was weird, right? Like it was just it was weird. weird. The whole thing, yeah. the whole thing was weird. Like you know, you start out, you have the Jonathan Taylor rushing touchdown. It's like mm -hmm. perfect. You're exploiting the Eagles' run defense. Like that's what we talked about. Like that's something that we all kind of expected to see was Jonathan Taylor to get more touches and make things happen because of a the Parks Frazier aggressive play calling mixed with the issues on the run defense and you know the uncertainty with the line. And so kind of to see all that happen, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, like we're off to a great start. Now we're going to start a shootout. Now we're going to start matching. You know, we're going to just keep going back and forth. Famously, that did not happen at all. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, I really didn't expect there to be like a single Colts touchdown scored and like the rest of it be field goals. Yep, and then yeah. also have it be like a last second Jalen scramble to be the keeper to win it with like a minute and 20 seconds, you know, like something ridiculous like that. Like it's just, especially for a team that, you know, the Eagles are like, have started out this season at least just being such like a strong, get it done in the first half team and like, you know, mm -hmm. separate themselves. And if they kind of lag, they can still kind of make up for it in the end. Uh, but this was not that. I mean, it was just like, there was no offense, like yep. objectively offense just looked atrocious. Um, the Colts looked pretty good. I mean, like all things considered, they held the Eagles to their lowest, you know, amount of points all season, like, which is something to be proud of. But like, if your offense can't do things to get you to a position where you can like capitalize on what your defense is doing, then obviously like, you know, that, that doesn't help you. Like, it's never going to help you. And you can't have like more, there are no moral victories in the NFL. 
they're not you, like you can't i told this aiden i knew the game was over when the colts did not score when they had it within the five yard line yes. towards the end of the game and they kicked the field goal that's what bad teams do bad teams kick correct. field goals there good teams punch it in end the game correct and that's something that jeff saturday talked a lot about too was just being like especially also having Deion sanders in as opposed to jonathan taylor and just like kind of what their goal line package looked like and have it just being oh well this is how we drew it up like it was not going to be jonathan it was going to be Deion. And it's still something that I don't necessarily understand why that decision was made uh, and may not ever know why that decision was made. But maybe going forward, this now changes that goal line packages are either a rotation between the two of them or they're not just going to be Dion. Um, not that Dion's, and I'm not, that's not me saying that like Dion is a bad back because he's not. It's that Jonathan Taylor is a great running back. So it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like the, dis- the, you know, the disparity is so much bigger and it has everything to do with how talented one of these guys is and not how untalented another is. And it's just like one of those things that like, even for as balanced as the play calling was and like, you know, more varied kind of like how it was against the Raiders. Um, it was still completely, it was still completely different, but like the Eagles, I mean, when you looked at how these, this game was being called, the Eagles called one of the least aggressive games I have ever seen offensively. Yeah. Like it was just, you know, there were opportunities to just like punch on, like just to like punch their throats yep. and step on their necks and yep. everything that we know that this Eagles team can do. And they just didn't do it. And it was just one of those things where it was like, why are you playing scared? There's no, I know that this defense is good. I know that the Colts defense is good, but the Colts defense isn't good enough to the point where you need to be playing scared like that. And it's weird that a man who was calling his second ever NFL game called a more aggressive game, obviously it didn't work, but was still calling a more aggressive game than someone who has been, has lost once this season. You know what I mean? Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things where it's just like the thing, it's very galaxy brained and it like doesn't all add up. And I just think it was like one of those weird games where we just kind of look at it and we're like, wait, what? You know, cause like yeah. none of us expected this to be this way. Like none of us. Yeah, a few questions off of that. Like, it was pretty unexpected, the the outcome, and there were just so many sloppy parts from both teams. Like, what was the crowd energy like? Because, like you mentioned, it's like Jonathan Taylor touchdown at the beginning, Jalen Hurts scramble for the touchdown in the end, and in the middle is just like nothing. uneasiness, nothingness. It was, was just a vast abyss of nothing. So, like, what was it kind of like? like? What was the experience like there? So – Truthfully, the press box at Lucas Oil, really, really, really thick glass. And, like, you can hear, you know, like, it's super muffled. So, like, the second half of the game, so the first half of the game, I watched with my family in their seats. Like, I was with them. They had an extra seat. So I sat with them for the first half. And I got to, like, enjoy the crowd and kind of be a part of it and heckle and have fun. And, you know, like, I got to have that experience while still, like, be a fan. Yeah, I got to be a fan while still yeah. doing my job, which was really, really fun and really nice and super different, and I loved it. But, you know, the energy was really good, off of, especially after that first touchdown. It was like, I've heard that noise. Like, I've heard that crowd noise, but I've never been in that crowd noise. And obviously, there was a lot of green there. Like, obviously, Eagles fans travel. This is not news to anybody. Like, we know that Philadelphia fans travel yep. for, with their team and for their team. And so, you know, they were getting, you know, they were getting excited and stuff like that. But like, once that happened, it was just like, oh yeah, great energy. Woo. Like we were feeling good. And then when it all just kind of started to dwindle, it was just like, not like overwhelming, like cheering or overwhelming, like 
booing or anything. It was just kind of noises. They were just there. <laughs> there were just noises. There was just a lot of random noise. Um, no, it was just, it was weird. It was like a very, it was just a weird atmosphere. And I'm trying to think if there's like a game that I can compare it to, like that I've been to, like specifically in the link. And like, there's not one that like really comes to mind in that way. I think probably there was a Giants game a couple years ago that was like a little too close for comfort, but it was because nothing was really happening. And everyone was kind of just like, yeah. Yeah. What are you doing here? It was just, it was kind of one of those vibes. Like that was the vibe. It was just weird. Yeah, I'm honestly kind of glad we didn't play at home. I didn't even think about it until you brought it up. But uh, I feel like there there wouldn't be a game like that at the link because it'd be so much negative energy. Oh, yeah. Booing. What are we doing? Like, yeah. So I kind of feel like it's good that they were on the road and we're able to figure it out without the negative energy behind I them. Mean, That's probably a good thing. <laughs> there, I, it, it, I just, there was like not energy, period. Like the energy was like, it was just... <laughs> I kept making jo- I just made like so many jokes, like the entire game. I was like, what is going on? Is anybody having a good time? Truthfully, like, is anyone having fun watching this? And I think the answer was no, no one was having fun. Like my mom, like everybody was at a dinner party that they did not want to be at. They yes. Like any everybody was like, just awkwardly silent. Yeah, and you, like, you got the guest list and it was super cool. And like yep. the menu looked great. And like you had these such high expectations for like what it could be and like how much fun you were going to have. And then you got there and you're like, wow this was nothing like i thought was gonna be this sucked. like i got way too excited for this very lame thing that i'm at i got one trip on a plate what, what? Is <laughs> there was no sauce yeah. they told me seafood extravaganza and i got one trip with no sauce it was the, the football equivalent of like pulling teeth small talk conversation yes. at a dinner party yeah, yeah. i would yeah. rather have my fingernails ripped off one by one, then go through the second and third quarter of that game again. Like the fact that I don't have to go through film is the greatest blessing of my life because I don't think I could watch that again. I really don't think I could. (laughs) It was brutal. I'm glad you don't have to. And we talked about like dead energy, but one person who did have energy, especially at the end, Nick Sirianni, Mm -hmm. fired up, going viral for, not being emotional, fired up, excited. It looked like he was like almost tearful on the way to the locker room. Um, Do you think he had like a right to say what he did about the Colts and the comments he made about Frank Reich or kind of too far and not his place or anything Um, like that? I think when someone you care about is involved in like something that's so, you know, because the comments were not necessarily about Jeff. They were just about the removal of Mm -hmm. Frank. Like, I think it's Mm -hmm. one thing to like be like, this is a disgrace to the profession and da-da-da-da-da. Like, it wasn't that. It was like, this man is one of the three mentors of my life, one of the people who have given me everything. So of course I'm upset that I'm yeah. not across sidelines from him the way I expect it to be. Like him getting upset, I mean, because he's not where he is without the Colts organization. Like mm-hmm. that's just, you know, Nick Sirianni is not an NFL head coach without the Indianapolis Colts. Like that's yep. just the truth. And you know, so he has a lot of, you know, I think the thing too is that like he's had such love and respect for the people that he's met in that building that like, yeah, that's kind of like heartbreaking to be like, wow, the person who gave me a chance and the person who like helped build me up and get to where I need to be, you know, you couldn't even give him the chance to get back on track. And like, I mean, I love the passion. I, I am the queen, like stick up for your people and fight for your people and kind of in like any asset of life, facet of life, not asset of life, any facet of life. Um, but, you know, I just, 
I wasn't surprised to hear it. It wasn't something that surprised me. It's not something like his emotion, Jalen giving him the game ball, you know, all that stuff was very like, he had a homecoming that he expected to be different and not because of the outcome of the game, but because who he was surrounded by. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that would make anybody emotional. I think that that's like a completely, you know, it's so much more than the game itself. It's the people, yep. footballs are the friends you made along the way. Like, no, but like it, it's <laughs> about the people who have built you up. Like coaching trees are so important for a reason, yep. you know, like being able to surround yourselves with people who, continuously make you better is so like one of the most special things about this game. And so I don't have a problem with it. I wish I was in the lock. I wish I was in the press room or their press conference room to hear that in real time. Instead I was interviewing sad Colts players, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I heard it and I was like, yeah, all of this tracks, everything about this tracks. So what two part question, what was the vibe of the fans after what's the vibe in the city right now? Are they sort of like, well, yeah, uh-huh, bah humbug. And how did Jeff Saturday handle his first loss? Uh, Jeff, Saturday, Jeff Saturday handled it like as well as anybody's going to handle their first loss, I guess. I mean, he was, you know, he, the owner, you know, he put the onus on himself and was just like, you know, like execution was not what it needed to be. Like if we want to beat good teams like this, we have to execute. Like there is no ifs, ands, or buts. He talked about the red zone issues and was like, you know, like there were times where I thought our defense was playing well enough for us to put points on the board. And so because they were playing so well, I thought any points were good points. And I thought that was probably like his biggest admission of like, this is my fault. Like this is something that like I should have done differently. Um, I think the vibe in the city though is like for no matter how weird that game was and how like poorly played it was, it was still a lot closer than anybody expected and they did lead for a lot of it. So I think people are just kind of like on to the next at this point because it's, which is a very winnable game against yes. Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. Kenny Pickett and the Steelers, Kenny Pickett and the Steelers are, can absolutely be exposed, especially in prime time, especially with a good defense. Like, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that the offense still can't step up. Like yeah. there's still so much work that needs to be done offensively. I also, you know, there were offensive line issues. There were penalties on the line, things like that. All of these things that were like, you know, however many steps forward you take, you took like three back, you know? And obviously that still at some point adds to like makes forward progress, but just because it makes forward progress at some point doesn't mean that like, it's not happening when you need it to, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And so it's, you know, I think everybody's just kind of like, all right, Monday night football, whatever like this is the best team in like this is the best team in football like we we move on you know we we live and we move on and like guys in the locker room kind of echoed that sentiment like you know people's energy and effort were there and like we were you know it's frustrating not being able to finish a game and it's frustrating not be able to execute but like like we hung in there like that is something that we are acknowledging that we did not that it ended the way that we wanted to or that we did everything that we could but like people cared and like we did you know not everything fired on all cylinders but like there was something there yep yeah definitely i this i think i'm in on jeff saturday i don't know i I don't know how you guys feel i think i'm in i don't know hire was controversial i think i'm in though if you guys are espn daily listeners the end of every monday they have alex smith on just monday morning quarterback talking about the games And they talked about what makes somebody a good head coach. And like, they talked about the Jeff Saturday thing, like the Jeff Saturday of it all. And just, 
how controversial it was and how people were looking at it and felt about it and, you know, all that stuff. And the thing that they said that like really stuck out to me when Alex Smith said was like, some of the best head coaches are not X's and O's coaches. Like these are guys who can manage and bring together like a hundred different personalities, a hundred different kinds of people all for like one common goal. And I think that's why Jeff was hired because he is a people person. Like he's a people person. He's a great talker. We've all heard his media. Like we've all heard him win a press conference. We've all seen him on ESPN. We have all seen him do these things. So like, you're not the one calling the plays, you know, you made the decision on who you wanted to call the plays, but like, you are not, you're a part of game planning, but you are not like that guy for this team. And like, maybe with a different offensive coordinator, there's a different outcome, but like, we can't like, I mean, we could want it until like the end of time. Yep. It was just one of those things where it was like, I listened to that and I was like, you know what? Yeah, that tracks like that really Mm -hmm. tracks. And I think that, you know, his admission of just kind of like understanding like that there is like a a learning curve there. Yeah. I mean, I think self-awareness is really important and I do think he is very self-aware about his A abilities and B his situation. I love the people that are going after him too. It's like, okay, someone's offering you your dream job. What do you just say? Like, yeah, I don't know. You know, other people have worked. No, like you, you go for it. Take it up with Jim Irsay then. If you're going to go after anybody, like I, it, yeah. Just, yeah. it makes yeah. no sense Real. to me. These people going after Jeff Saturday. <laughs> he did not walk in there and he said like at gunpoint, like you need to hire me to be the next yeah. head coach. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. I don't know. It's just like, don't get mad at him for a decision that's not his fault. Like, that bothers me too. Because it's just like, direct your energy elsewhere. Like Bill Cower, right? Going on TV and saying, this is a disgrace. Bill, you're on TV. Did you go to broadcasting school? Yes. Did you work at a little AM station in you know Kalamazoo? No, you got handed the job because you were a head coach. And he also was like praising, like after the game, he was like, these guys look bought into Jeff Saturday. It's like, wait a second. That's not what yeah. you were saying last time out here. No, it's the, no, I, cause I've said the same thing. It's like, oh, like you want to be like, people want to, you know, and people do this with me too. Like, oh, you never played football. You didn't go to journalism school. Like, yes. what do you want me to say? Like, it's like, you can make that argument on all sides of the board. So just don't talk about it. Who yeah. cares? Like, exactly. shut up. <laughs> Very true. Very Let true. People who are, you know, people who have gotten opportunities for whatever reason. Yep. Doesn't doesn't mean they made the decision for themselves. It just means that you know something worked out for them. Exactly. Yeah. The timing worked out. Hundred yep. percent. Let's focus back on the Eagles for a second. It's coming off that game, they're now nine and one, but it was a loss and then a struggle win against the Colts. Do you think it was a product of, you know, the Colts have an underrated defense or do you think going forward now, as we look ahead, should there be some concern for Eagles fans with this Eagles team? See, I think the, I think the total opposite. I think that it's like, you want to have these struggles. Now you want to have these like random hiccups now. Like I'd rather them happen now than in January. Like I would much rather have this, you know, these mistakes happen and the things you can learn from or these off games, days, whatever. You know, I do think that there was some underrated quality to like what both teams were putting out there. Like I, Terry McLaurin is one of the best to play his position right now. Like, and is super underrated. And now he actually has a quarterback who throws to him. So like, yeah, of course he's going to look like, you know, 
of course he's going to look the way he's looking right now. And Except of when course, Trayvon like, Diggs is on him. what? Except when Trayvon Diggs is on him, but you know. That's that. <laughs> um, but also, <laughs> um, you know, but I also think there was like, you know, overlooking the Colts of the, everything's a mess there and their offense is a mess and they've allowed the second fewest or they've scored the second fewest points in the league, you know, behind Denver. But like, it doesn't change the fact that their defense is like still very strong and still very, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I think there's definitely a little bit of that, but it's like, I'd rather have that like kind of underestimation hiccup, whatever has happened over the past two weeks. Like I'd rather that happen now than in January, like a hundred percent. So I think that this is like the, this is where we learn. This is where we kind of like tweak and figure stuff out and then kind of can like turn things around and move forward. That, yeah, I, I think so too. And like you said, like you'd rather now than in January and your hope is by January, you are healthy. Cause I think yep, some yes. of the mistakes are a byproduct of, of not having guys, but you move forward and now you have Aaron Rodgers, who Matt Ryan is a statue and Aaron Rodgers is kind of like less of a statue, but not really. Do you think it's a pretty similar game plan where it's clear, like stop the run, put them in second and 11s and then get after the quarterback. Do you think we see something of the same against the Packers this Sunday night? Probably, especially because the Packers like look very human again. Mm, yeah. Like it's just, they feel very, it, it's just, it's not. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was not human for me. That was not fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's just they look bad. I mean, it's just been a bad season. They look bad. It is not the Aaron Rodgers that we've seen in years past. Like, dude needs to get out of the NFL. Like, <laughs> and especially at home, especially in prime time. Like, you know, they're gonna have the energy. They're going to have all of this, you know, behind them. And I think that like after losing in prime time to the Commanders, mm-hmm. the last thing they want to do is lose in prime time again to a team yeah. is objectively so much worse than they are yeah especially offensively at points where like yes. we complain about like the second and third quarters of of the eagles on on sunday i feel like there's been multiple points this year where the the packers are doing that like second and third quarter like barren wasteland of offense almost every week so yep. except against the Cowboys. so yeah i mean i have friends who call <laughs> the packers and they're just like this is a nightmare <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, there's, there's literally nothing else out there, so that is strictly a nightmare for them when the Packers. Are good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, oh, you have nothing. Like, there's nothing to go about. I mean, and the Titans are the Titans. You know, you look ahead at the schedule. Like, you like there are very winnable games on here, mm-hmm. and that's going to be supremely helpful, mm-hmm. like in a very big way. And I think that, like, as we kind of look forward, I think that it's like obviously strength people want to talk about strength of schedule forever and like throw it into the abyss. Like they didn't make their own schedule. Like shut up. We we said it earlier, winning, winning a game 17, 16 in the NFL means nothing. It's not college. You don't have to win by style points. Just win the game. Move on. Hard to win in the NFL period. It doesn't matter who's playing. It is hard to win football games. Like, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter how they're won. There are no moral victories. It's just win. If I have a parade down Broad Street in February, again, I won't even remember the score really? of the Colts Eagles game. No. They won I mean, and made it there. That's you're going to be like, wait, they played the Colts? 
I will because I had a great day yesterday. Game yeah. aside, I had like one of the best days of my career, just like being around my people and being around like, you know, making uh -huh. my hometown debut on TV and stuff. Like, you know, I had a great day, like an objectively good day. <laughs> the game was probably the worst part of my day. Like, that's kind of where we're going. Like, we'll just kind of hold on to that and like run with it. And like, that's uh -huh. fine. Like, I don't care. Um, but as you, you know, as I look ahead, it's just kind of like, I'm not going to remember that the Eagles Jags game was an eight point win, you know, no. or that the lions almost won by three. Like those are not things that I'm going to hold on to if there's a deep playoff run and, or knock on, you know, everything, knock on everything <laughs> that you have around you, you know, a super bowl. Like it, those are not the things that I'm going to, you know, those are not the things you focus on. Nope. You know, you focus on like your regular season record because I know everyone is like 13 and three and then winning a Super Bowl. You know, like those are the things that you can like hold on to. But it's not like the I don't remember the score of most of the games from that season. And I probably yeah. won't. And I'm not going to look because I don't care. <laughs> I so, know it was a win. That's all that matters. Exactly. Last one for me. So Cowboys now have Giants, your Colts and the yes. Jaguars before the big Christmas Eve game. Do so you think that game, I think it all comes down to Christmas Eve? That's what we were just talking about earlier. I mean, I yes, it scares 100%. me. I think that I think that that's going to be a lot – I think that's going to be one where everybody is kind of like anxiously drinking their eggnog or taking their fireball shots or doing whatever it is that they're going to be doing on Christmas Eve to have their little – you know, warm themselves up and make them feel better. I do think that this is going to be a massive game, not just for the division, but just the NFC generally, just with the way things are trending. I don't think it's just going to be like an NFC East mm -hmm. thing to keep an eye on. I think this is like the, this determines a lot of things when it comes to playing deep into January, oh, which is going to be, I can't wait. I just like come on for that one so I can like moderate yes. your discussion and like, absolutely. So yeah. I make sure you don't like kill each other. <laughs> last, last year we, yeah. we live streamed an Eagles Cowboys game from inside a boxing ring in Atlantic city. I love yeah. that. I'm yeah. obsessed. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, no, I'm gonna moderate. Me. It's like I will moderate. <laughs> that Perfect. Uh, yeah. You don't like go absolutely off the rails. Um, no, I'm kidding. But like, it is such a no. I mean, I'm like, I have the Eagle schedule in front of me. Like, I'm literally looking at it right now, and it's just like that game. It's like I just keep clicking on it, and I just keep looking at what's going on because like there's so much that can ride on this. There's so. Oh, yeah. So much because it's like I feel like the NFC right now looks a lot like what the AFC of the last few years has looked like of just kind of like a lot of like ascension and a lot of like kind of mm -hmm. moving up, up and like there's been a lot of parity because there has been a lot of really good teams. So yep. like a lot of things like one game can change the outcome of like the entire playoff standing. Yep. Because I, I mean, I could realistically be like division one seed home field advantage all on the line for one game. So you're welcome yeah. to come and moderate and. Also, that might be a therapy session for us as well. To make I, I am not a licensed mental health professional, but I will do my best to get so in a month. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to my therapist about how I can do that, and then we can all just like make it happen. Yes. Whatever tips you can get, bring them here, and we will definitely need them. 100%. We're going to have to use I statements, a lot of I statements. Yes. Well, I just, yeah. I mean, I look like the, the Cowboys could realistically win four straight Giants, Colts, Texans, Jags. Yes. The Eagles Absolutely. drop one maybe to the Titans. I mean, maybe. we're all in. It's time. 
Yeah. And I think that like now, and now I'm pulling up the Cowboys schedule. Cause it's like, now I want to, you know, it's like, you look at those back to back and it's just like, yeah, these are very winnable. Like, or if you're the Dallas Cowboys, very losable. I don't know. And that's, and that's a beautiful thing about the NFL, right? Like, what are we doing here? And what's yeah, going on? You know, like, listen, what if both teams just lose those four games? Like, what if that's what happens? I don't know. What does that mean for the division? The commanders. The commanders. Yeah, that's... to the redacted. Um, oh. You know, that's what it's going to be at this point. No, I'm kidding. It's, if that happens, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Remember when the NFC East was the worst division in football? Because I do. Yes. Yes. Very and they clowned so. us. And now we're the best division. Maybe. We are what the AFC East thinks it is. Yes. True. Yeah. But. That's crazy. That's madness. Our producer's a Patriots fan. I covered the Bills. I know what the AFC East looks like. Oh, yeah. Wait, you did. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Listen, it's not my fault. So much fun. The division's an absolute dumpster fire right now. Don't come out of me for that. I didn't Go do that. Dolphins. Go Dolphins, baby. <laughs> oh, God. That was too much fun. All right. So <laughs> you're locked in. You're locked in. Cowboys, Eagles week. You're coming back on. Perfect. We can do a nice little secret Santa and we can open gifts to um, just ease the tension. I'm in. I'm in. 100%. Well, well, and drink. All right. Drink in hand for that episode as well. Alcoholic eggnog for everybody. Everybody's having some select eggnog. Done mm-hmm. and done. All right, Alexa, tell room where they can follow you again, where they can watch you, where they can tweet at you, all the fun stuff. Yeah, Alexa Ross TV on Twitter. Again, if it decides to get nuked in the next, I don't know, like we're never going to see each other. I'm totally kidding. I don't know. Well, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> just Alexa Ross TV. I tweet most of my stuff out. Um, have a lot of, you know, another week where the Eagles and the Colts don't line up. So you'll get a lot of snarky Eagles tweets and a lot of probably snarky Colts tweets if they lose the Steelers. Oh, and I will be That's seeing fair. you in two weeks as well, Indianapolis. Listen, we can Thank come you. on for that one too. Yeah, hey, why not? I think <laughs> yeah. we just do we do we I think we just added a third chair to the pop permanent yeah, podcast. Birds versus boys versus Colts, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> I think it's, boys versus this chick. <laughs> Birds versus boys versus girl. It's perfect. We're in. There it is. Thank you. thanks so much for having me again guys appreciate it thank you i mean two shows in a row she's just phenomenal alexa ross thank you again i mean philly four for four she's out in indy behind the scenes we're talking indy car where she is just this this is somebody i want back in the philly news because i would enjoy watching her every night or every day because she's Mm -hmm. actually good at her job Uh uh-huh I, uh, I said this to you off air after we did the show with her on the preview show on Friday. Mm-hmm. Might as well just say it on air now. I feel like this is one of those things where in a few years we're like, oh, she's famous. Like, like famous <laughs> legit. Famous. Yeah, like very professional. Like going to be a big name. It just seems like a very rising star in the industry. So we oh. definitely appreciate having her on twice. So before we get into the TikToks, let's talk about the Eagles real quick. I know uh, big Sunday night game, black helmets, debut, black uniforms. This is exciting. So I am uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this game, and I hope it gets us back on track. Like we talked about in the interview with Alexa, you got embarrassed in primetime once. Let's not do it a second time here. Let's do it a second time. I'm in for no. that. No. <laughs> here, I'm fully I, in. Yeah, I'm sure. 
Uh, well, here, how about this? You embarrass yourself on Thanksgiving for the umpteenth nope, time no, no, in a no, row. No, no, we're not talking. We already talked about the Cowboys. We're, we're on right, you. Right, we're right. talking about you. Let's talk about. Let's talk about us. Let's talk about the Eagles. I think I'll, I'll start the defense first because uh, it's pretty simple. Um, that on Sunday, but again, forcing them into second 11s, second and 12s. Jonathan Taylor had what? Um, he had 49 yards in the first drive and finished with 84. So he had what? 35 yards in the final three quarters, including a fumble. So uh, yeah, how about that? We'll just do that again. And just multiple sacks, force them in the third and longs, and get off the field. It is quite simple. Just do the exact same thing you did. I mean, we're common sense guys, right? I think we say that we're common sense podcasts. All that's pretty much common sense. Just it, I was gonna say this. This is just common sense. This is this is easy. And I think I, I talked about it in the recap show. But uh, short term and long term, Linvel Joseph. How about? Him and Dominican Sue being graded out as two top ten defensive tackles this week. Holy moly! Like wow. that is, that's incredible. That's awesome, it's, especially against Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, like you're you're thinking, uh oh, here we go again. And then those two, like the highlight is them combining for the sack. But wow, I mean that's awesome. And then you go like looking forward, you're like, all right, so those guys are productive. And you're gonna add Jordan Davis back here soon. All of a sudden, you're cooking. So if they can keep that level of production against the Packers, you know you start to get home with the rush. Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham. So uh, just don't like allow the big Christian Watson touchdown and do everything you did against the Colts. Like that is the point. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, that was abysmal. That was awful. Do the exact opposite of that. Don't do there, that. Yet. They just look like they're guessing the answers to the test, which is the exact opposite of how they were in the first half of the season. Uh, Nick Sirianni, that was his worst coast game in a long time. Ever. Maybe since like his first like few games, the first like three weeks. You think of it was too career. much emotion? I thought I do think it was too much emotion, but at the same time, he doesn't call the plays anymore. It's Shane Steichen. True. So I'm like, True. there was a lot of play calls where you're like, what are you like just general feel of the game? The Colts have a backup corner in. Devontae Smith is juking the corner out of the screen, running these comeback routes. You never go to a double move, and while that's happening, you go three straight runs, three and out, and A.J. Brown wasn't on for three plays. Like, again, comments, like, what are you guys doing? Like, there were just so many plays where you were just sitting on your couch saying, what are you thinking? Why is Miles Sanders blocking Yannick Ngakwe? Like, the, the fourth and ten call, what are you guys doing? And I do think that does play into the emotion. Um, I think that, like, let's get that rhythm back as much as you can. They really missed Dallas Goddard. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there, there's a, there's a fix to the rhythm. For instance, like, if AJ Brown doesn't fumble, they're at the thirty. Like, there's just situations. There was a first and thirty-five where it was like an illegal man downfield that was questionable. Those are fixable things. I I don't know how they fix this Goddard situation because it is Howie Roseman calls Gronk. He'll be here. Yeah. He'll be there by Thursday. I, I was about to say, is there another veteran out there? Like, yeah, bring him in. Because wow, this is the Jack Stoll and Grant Capitano. I think we said it last week too. Like having Dallas Goddard as your security blanket. Not saying Jalen Hurts needs one, but he's a damn good he one is, to have, and he's much even is, more than a security blanket. Uh huh. Especially the one thing that we're really missing is he's a better blocker than these guys. Yep. So not only are you missing that security blanket, the guy who can get yards after the catch, 
you're also missing your best blocker. And it's just, it's kind of rough to watch these. Like Tyree Jackson came back first game back. So like maybe you can build on that. You saw potential late last year, but, uh, and then Jack Stoll, Grant Calcaterra, like the, there were more penalties than catches from the tight end position. That's, hmm. that's not a, a fixable thing. The emotions thing, maybe like being too high and stuff like that and being out of rhythm, maybe you can fix um, the, the Nick Sirianni, like firing up the crowd thing. It went viral this week, but like he's done that every road game. Um, I have a Sirianni take and it's funny because he, uh, he, he was just like, it was a bad coach game, but at the same time, like he's been a coach, a good coach overall this year. Like, but he got like so much viral jokes thrown his way for his emotion after the game. He is just becoming the Ted Lasso dart scene. Yes. Where it's like, everyone thinks he's this like, like babbling idiot. His press conference didn't go well when he started and everyone like judges him a certain way. And if you remember the Ted Lasso scene, he's like, people aren't curious. And if you were curious, you would ask me and learned about me and learned that I played darts with my dad every day until my 16th birthday. And then he hits the darts and it feels like we're getting that way with Sirianni. And it's like, if you actually like studied me and saw what I did for these offenses, instead of judging me on press conferences, you'd see that I'm a good coach. He's nine and one. I don't really care about the shirts or like firing up the crowd. Like if you're, if that bothers you, I, I don't know what to tell you. He's nine and one last year. He was nine and eight with a, an under talented roster. They gave him talent. Now he's nine and one. The guy wins games. He is the Ted Lasso darts. He does look like he needs some sleep, though. He does. So do you. Bags. So. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Yeah, he probably doesn't sleep at all. So that's, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that's that shows what he puts in. He's not just a babbling mm-hmm. T-shirt-wearing guy. He's grinding all the time. There is passion and intelligence going on upstairs for him. So I think it was it was an emotional game. He's an emotional guy. He's, he's the real-life Ted Lasso. So – uh, I'm I'm confident in the Eagles this week. I, I just like as somebody who's sat through the AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones experience in fantasy, like it's just like it's it's bothersome at times to watch the Packers offense. So just take care of business at home in prime time, and we should be good. All right, just don't blow a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter, and you'll be fine. Try not to do that, like some have done before you. <laughs> All right, let's do our TikToks now. We're gonna bring producer Eddie in. Let's get into the power rankings for week 12. Producer Eddie is with us. So let's do it. Five teams each. Power rankings, week 12. All started off. New one in the chat. The Dallas Cowboys at five. An absolute walloping of the Vikings. 40 to three. Don't think there's been a more impressive victory in terms of just dominance that we've seen maybe this entire year. So at five, I have the Cowboys. Disclaimer, I am not putting the Cowboys in my top five because every time I do, then they lose the following week. So Cowboys will not be on my list. At five, I have the Tennessee Titans. They go up to Green Bay, get the job done. They just seem to know how to win big ball games. Seven and three now. I mean, Tannehill is Tannehill. But that team is tough. They are built to go on the road. They are built for cold weather. They are built for the playoffs. At five, I have the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that was a, just a brutal beatdown they had on the Vikings. And, I mean, last time I was on the power rankings, I had Vikings in the top five. Cowboys have been impressive. I feel like it's only fair that the Cowboys jump the Vikings. Fair. 
Mm-hmm. At four, I have the Bills. That just felt like a very calming win for them. They had the momentum-shifting loss a-, a week ago. They were snowed in. They didn't know if they were even going to make it to Detroit to play this game. And they just go, and they beat a, a bad team. It just feels like all is right in the world of Buffalo now. So at four, I have the Bills. Four, I also have the Buffalo Bills. I believe this team, as the season goes on, is going to work their way back up the power rankings. But I think this is the right spot for them right now. Like you said, it was a calming win. wasn't a dominant win. I didn't expect a dominant win after everything that happened. They didn't even know if they were going to go and actually get there. Go out this week and bludge Detroit. Then we'll move you up the power rankings. At four, I have the Miami Dolphins. I think they've just been a wildly impressive team all season. And I know they're kind of getting their flowers now, but we've gone through a few years of uh, talking down about Tua and Waddle and Tyreek are going crazy. Tua's looking good. Dolphins at four. At three, I have the Eagles. No style points for the victory this week, but Jalen Hurts just wins. That's just what he does. All he does is win. It's all he's, he's just been a winner his entire life, and he did it again, and that's what matters. So Eagles at three. Three for me, it's the Miami Dolphins. Aiden and I have fallen in love with this team. We've gotten rid of the Chargers, and we've become Dolphins fans this year. Uh, they are one of the most fun teams in the league. They can put up 35 on anybody. I think they're going to find their way into the playoffs, and no team in the AFC is going to want to play that Miami team in the playoffs. At three, I have the Eagles. I feel like I've had them higher, but, you know, shaky last two weeks. They got the win. I think there's a lot of talent on this team. I'm not sure what the issue is, but I think they'll figure it out. Let's hope for my sake. (laughs) All right. At two, I have the Dolphins. Maybe I thought they might get forgotten about because they had their bye week, but I'll just kind of repeat what I said last week. They bolstered their backfield with Jeff Wilson Jr. and and Raheem Mostert, and then you pair them with the two great wide receivers you had, and they can win a track meet against anybody. So I still have them at two. Two, I have those Philadelphia Eagles. Again, no style points for this win, but go out and win the ball game. That's what they did. Bad teams lose that game. The Colts did. Good teams go and win that game, even though they did not play up to their standards. Eagles are still a force. At two, I have the Buffalo Bills. I don't think they've been as impressive as they probably should have been the last couple couple games they've played. But I think until I get proven, until they prove that they can't do it anymore, they're still going to be in my top two, top three. That one, it's inevitable. Just like Patrick Mahomes with two minutes left in the game and scoring, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Like I said, it's inevitable every time he has the ball. Every time they need a score, every time it's a big moment, every time it's a pivotal game, it comes through again and again and again. At one, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. At one, it's the Chiefs. I mean, it's the Chiefs. Stop it. At one, it's the Chiefs. Pleasure doing business with you, fellas. <laughs> Great TikTok. <laughs> All, right, All right. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube. We are dangerously close to 300. Mm -hmm. So if you could put us over the hump, that would be great. The TikTok will obviously be up on uh, Birds vs. Voice Pod on TikTok. 
And then follow the Twitter as well. We've been really active. Kevin and I are tweeting out the memes, and they're doing well. So follow us there. Um, and we will be back with reaction shows, um, maybe possibly Black Friday for the Cowboys, and then Eagles, black helmets, black uniforms, Sunday night against the Packers. We'll have a reaction show for that, and we'll be back with a guest next week. Happy Turkey Day, everybody. And Cowboys, listen, I can't even sit and eat my Thanksgiving meal. I'm going to be in the car, in the dark, in the cold, with a baby sleeping and one AirPod in. Win the damn game, okay? Thanksgiving's already ruined. Don't ruin it more.